But as Theo and I talk about all the time, I think I've killed 187 people at this point. I think Tig is pretty much in prison for the rest of his life. Don't you know that the music should be solemn? This is Theo Rossi. This is Kim Coates. And this is Theory. I know. Got it. Recording progress. Recording. It's happening. (laughs) Kim, why don't you start us off, Kim, with a little sitting in the... Why don't you give me a little of that song? Sitting in the morning sun. No, that's all I'm going to sing. Okay, wait. Theo, wait. Justin, wait. Yeah. Do we have, like, incredible, beautiful, smart, intelligent, funny women with us today? Is that true? (laughs) True. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. We have we have an incredible large group of people. First of all, let's just get the obvious out of the way. This is the first time Justin, leader of the biscuit, some leader of the been on a Reaper review or anything. It is. I like to uh stay behind the scenes. <laughs> yes, which means hopefully technologically. This might this will be the best show ever. Probably not. I don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, the, the guests are great. The guests, the, and, but, and let's let's introduce those guests, Justin. Why don't we go down the line and you oh, start? Who's come on? Come on, gal. Absolutely. So I'm going to go in order. We've got we've got Tammy. You want to say hi? Hello, everybody. I just want to say I'm I'm so excited. This is an honor for me i'm just like so i may cry well, i'm just so happy all before done you, before right you, you will before <laughs> you cry we're gonna talk about that fucking christmas tree in the background i don't know what it is <laughs> let's not even get into that yet go ahead go next go all next. right and then we got we got awesome jess ozzy jess there's Aussie my girl jess, 3 a.m 3 a.m 3 a.m unbelievable rocking it that's commitment Y'all. It is. <laughs> We've got the doc, Sarah. Hey, hey what's up? Sarah's got Where? headphones on like she's DJing a set in 1990. Where, where's Sarah? Did she come <laughs> up? Yep, yep, yep. I'm over here like this. Oh, there you are. In the background here. <laughs> <laughs> Living the dream oh, here in St. Louis, Missouri. There we there go. Absolutely. We've got, we've got Rosie. Big Rosie. Hello, Rosie. The Big biggest Rosie. one. <laughs> there's only one and we have him and i have both uh physically been in been in the same vicinity as rosie in the last oh, month. last yeah, month right. it was amazing right. yeah amazing uh, last that's month awesome. for you the other day for kim yeah and uh yeah live and direct from brooklyn live and oh, direct so, as always day. brooklyn is in the house as always it's <laughs> <laughs> always in the house even when the house ain't there all right what? love it and we've got we've got fiona from across the pond Hello, it is like 5 p.m. here. Hello, Fiona. The sun is starting to set. That's why the light's gone weird. (laughs) Amazing background. Yeah. Amazing art, as always. Um, Well, listen, we wanted to try something different because, you know, we don't we don't really plan anything. It usually uh, somehow it's been working out. Um, How in the world has it been working out, Theo Ross? I don't know. 
And I know, but listen, here's, here's the one thing I want to say on a serious notion, Kim and I, we did this cause you know, whatever we, I, I, you know, this all started with everybody knows the story, right? It became a podcast that morphed into whatever this is, but the truth is this only stayed and keeps going because of the community it created, which is all the people who listen, which is not just everybody on this, but everybody who's listening to this. Yep. I believe that we have all in one way or another led with kindness. There are many times that kindness has overrode any thing that's come in the way of what we've been trying to do here. And yet we, you know, we keep rising, we keep moving, we keep going. Um, This is unbelievable for us because it's never been about the show. It's never been just about me and Kim. It's never been about Justin. It's been about all of us together doing this. So that's the most serious that we will talk about on this. But also, we're kind of revving towards the end here. This is the beginning of season six. This started as something Coates and I wanted to watch and we had never seen. And we became nope. cooked, cooked like everybody else and, uh, and critics like everybody else and get angry like everybody else while watching this show that we did. However, it feels like oh, so long ago, oh, so long ago, <laughs> it feels like forever. So, I mean, I want to thank every single person. This isn't just for the people who are on this with us. If this goes right, we'll we'll do it. We'll do it again. We have a bunch of episodes left, um, but this is for everybody, and especially the ones who are on this for for jumping on this with us, Justin for holding us all down and keeping all the madness together. Yay, Kim, Justin. Yeah, Kim for Yay, you know, literally trying to look his best every week. It's really Oh, no, no, let's hard. get something it's, straight, it's right? Justin, you know this. I know. No one looks better than you, than me, than a very distant third is Theo Rossi. But I will say yeah. this. Yeah. My technological skills, ladies, as you know, is getting <laughs> better every week. Every week. I mean, better every week. Every week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the fact stretch? that we can see him means that it's better. <laughs> the fact, and, and, and like, Miracle. like the good doctor says, it's only <laughs> been about two years. Yeah. <laughs> bar was low. Bar was yeah. really well, The low. bar is super low here. And at one point, trip or another, hazard. Yeah, at one point <laughs> or another, when you're selling a product, you would think that it would be all buttoned up everywhere. <laughs> Actually, the polar opposite. This is did you. Did you gals see last week's? Patreon theory where the technical issues were rampantly everywhere. Did, did you see that? Yes. I can't watch it because I might start to cry with, with my gal with the Christmas tree. I might start to cry if I watch it. How funny was that? It was hilarious. I mean, so I, I want to do something quick and then I want to get into the episode because I know that's a big part of this. There's a lot of every, you know, everyone has their opinion of, oh, they should get right into the episode. Or, oh, I like when they talk before it. But because this is super special and it's a special day, I think that because it's been apparently 18 months, I don't even know, feels like 25 years. Um, I've moved six times. I don't know what's going on. Is oh my God. I, w- I would like to know not just what the show means, but kind of like what it is to everybody. Like what, you know, what is that? What a thing? great question, Rossi. You know, what, great, great. Because Kim and I talk about it all the time. You know, we're, we're, we've been talking more than ever. You know, this has been incredible for our relationship. It's been incredible as an actor to watch this. You know, uh, it's been incredible to, to have this 
kind of thing that you're doing because we both don't watch TV. It's weird as that sounds. So it's like we're actually watching something. Um, and uh, I just want to hear from everyone. Justin, I don't really give a fuck what you think, but like what <laughs> everyone else says and and uh, and and we'll start. Jess, it's 3 a.m. where you are. So you might start fading. Come on, so Jess. <laughs> um, I mean, for me, I'm more, most recently just in pandemic and lockdown, just coming out of lockdown. Like it's been amazing just to have that, just to have this um, to keep me entertained and to have that little bit of laugh every week. Um, yeah, it's been amazing. Like, fantastic baby fantastic and has it been has it been just like different a different way of watching the show like when you go back and watch it or you hear us doing it is it like oh i didn't realize that like when you see the show yeah absolutely absolutely and like to hear behind the scenes kind of stuff like that's that's insane and it's just yeah awesome (laughs) i love it i love that uh (laughs) Lemansky, we're going to go to you, but I want to I want to I want to say something that a lot of people don't know. Lemansky and I saw each other in Dallas, correct? Yep. Is that where we were? Yep. And Lemansky, while you know she can fit a thousand words in less than a minute, it's pretty impressive, right? I've well, that's seen. competing with you. Yeah, Ross. it's competing with me. And I was pretty quiet in Dallas because wow, shocking going on. There was a lot going on in Dallas, but uh, <laughs> actually, this fan idea just might have come from the culmination of Lemansky and I talking. Wow. True. True Lemansky. True. Right. And, and, and having this as a thing. And I thought the second she said, I said, are you, are you crazy? Like having, getting Kim on a zoom is hard enough. (laughs) Miracle. Miracle. (laughs) Impossible. I said five other people, six other people, three other, no fucking way from all over the world. No way. But so, so Lemansky, keeping it down to a minimum, a minimum, you know, two digits. I'm timing and go. <laughs> what, what has this done? Because your, your tag name is Opie Ortiz Lemansky, right? There's no Traeger in there, which is fantastic. No, I'm, fantastic. I'm, I'm sorry. That, that, that's the name of my puppy. <laughs> oh, Traeger's Traeger's the name of your puppy? No, Opie oh. Ortiz Lemansky. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say. <laughs> Um, so tell me what it means to you and what this has been, this journey. Um, well, COVID sucked. Lockdown sucks. Um, personally, I was going through a, a lot of stuff, facing a lot of obstacles. And I started listening. And <clears throat> I need to be around people. I love people. And when I was locked down, it was very depressing. And I started listening to you and Kim. And then it just, I was like, oh my God, I love this. And I could sit and listen to you guys talk forever. And sometimes Theo, you talk, you say things and I'm like, get out of my head, Theo Rossi, because that's what I was thinking. (laughs) It just is a, a, a wonderful like positive thing in my life and this right now it's just one more step in me moving forward to my life just changing and getting better and just being happy 
Excellent. Uh, if Christmas Freaking trees excellent. in the background don't make you happy, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> makes you happy. My my mom Joyce would love that Christmas tree out in October the twenty eighth. She's going crazy with. It. Oh, I love putting out the tree early. <laughs> yeah, but mom, it's it's August the eighteenth. <laughs> um, Fee, I want to go to you because Come on, Fee. there's there's so much going on and so much that you contribute to this show, and there's so many thanks. I mean, you all do, Fee, Fee, but you know, Fee, you know, there's visual kind of uh, things that are brought on. I just want to know kind of your deal with all this, like they said. Probably the same as everyone. Like the lockdown was difficult because during it, my mom worked it all. So I stayed at home to like look after my dad and make sure everything was okay. So I had like no one, nothing. And then I just like met all these amazing people. And that's it. And like, it's all the stuff that's come from it to like, it's a group of us that will watch a film every week. Yeah. And then it's just all the friends and people. And connection and all that. Yeah. Isn't that the most important thing, right? Like, you know, we all, if we've noticed anything, right, it's connection, right? And, and, and it could be in any way. It's just, you know, I was saying the other day I was at Home Depot. It was this weird thing, right? And there was this, you know, older, much older gentleman, you know, not, not maybe as old as Kim, but much older, right? And and he was he was uh, walking with all this stuff, and we went to get online for the cashier, but the cashier wasn't there, so we found ourselves just standing there. And he immediately wanted to start talking, right? And he started with a joke, and he and when he noticed the cashier wasn't there, he said, uh, "What did he say?" He said, "Even the." Uh, Something like even the watchtower guys got to take a piss sometimes, and something like that. And he, and he started like that, and, and I knew right away this was my kind of guy, right? And we just—he's maybe like seriously close to 80, late eighties, ninety years old. And we just started talking, and I realized here's this guy who's out. This is his connection, right? This is his thing, and I and we spent some time. We talked, and I thought, how many people have missed this? Right. Like just being out, running errands, going out, having connection to people. And when you can find that, whether it be on a discord, whether it be by listening to two friends speak, whether it be whatever, to just feel any type of connection, that is something that has been gratefully lost by people over this last, you know, however long this has all been going on. Like you said, Australia just coming out. So to even have that be the majority answer is is pretty great. Yep. And then and then to have to and, and also I think another thing that we don't think about a lot is to look forward to something. Looking forward to things is unbelievable, no matter what it is, right? And and just to have something you know that's coming every week. And that has been Kim and I's thing, right? We won't miss even if we're filming all night, even if we're in a different state, country, you know, getting off a plane, doing whatever. And we don't, don't want to miss. And speaking of that, ladies, I didn't get a chance to tell you all, but <laughs> this mug is getting in his car in about 45 minutes yeah. to head to Niagara Falls to meet all those zany beauty Canadians and Americans at the, you know, the big horror fest this weekend in Niagara oh. Falls. But I'm not missing this. I wouldn't no. miss part of this. <laughs> Rossi would no. not be happy. Justin would fire me. And no, I couldn't. I couldn't miss part of this. So come no, on. And it's a big TIG episode. And uh, all right, let's go, Rosie. Come on, BK. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, you guys. I've been. It, this has been a wonderful culmination of my love fest for Sons of Anarchy. Just, I'm one of the good things that come out of COVID is this this show. 
Um, I always just felt like the, the story of, of the whole gang was just something that resonated with me. I don't know why I have, I'm not West coast. I don't even drive. I don't have a license. I don't ride bikes. I don't, I don't know what it is, but something about this show has kept me hooked and it's been off seven years and I, I just can't let it go. And I was, when I was talking to Booney the other day and explaining, trying, trying to explain to him what it is that I get from this. Um, you know, he, he can see the excitement and, and, but it's now that, What's extended is this show allowing us to see how you all felt about it as you were in it. So I'm getting Amazing. so getting all of those tidbits, getting all of those um, just all of the industry stuff um, that you guys speak about, and you know, I, I uh, you know, it's it's great that everybody's making relationships and friendships and all of that. I mean, I wish I could be more involved in in certain things. I've just I'm not able Rosie. to. Right, <laughs> I'm you doing a lot of stuff and. Um, but I'm glad that it's here for me to be involved with and, and to listen to and to have that. I mean, it's, it's glorious. What you guys are doing is, is simply wonderful. Uh, if there's, uh, there's other shows that I follow that if they were doing something like that, I would be into it too. Um, it's kind of like the old, you know, going to book clubs or being part of a fan club. And, you know, I, that I'm a dinosaur. So I go back mm-hmm. to writing letters to, yeah, you know, people that I loved yeah. and and you know getting feedback from them and and you know it's great that you guys do these comic cons to actually be there physically and talk to people. I mean, the Q and A's, just doing Q and A's and things like that. I mean, you probably hear same questions over and over and over again, and you extend yourself out there, and it is appreciated beyond belief. I, I can't even tell you. I mean, it's a pleasure for me to come and, you know, see you guys in person. It's not a bother at all. It's something that I absolutely love to do because it's, it's, uh, it gives me that energy and, and, it, and you guys are worth it. You know what I mean? In terms of whatever I have to do to get to see you guys, it's, you always give me something back. So it's never a waste of my time. And how can I not love that? You know? So Amazing, uh yeah thank you thank you guys all that you guys do and all of you ladies and what you do i you know you're you're all contribute to the energy of the positivity um and it's great it's great to have it and that's and that's all we're trying to do like kim and i talk about it right we're just trying to be positive right that's why when we see any type of negativity it always throws us off because we're like what is going on here like this is like the op polar opposite of like what we're trying to do and it's really bizarre because we've been like that since we've been together in 08 when we started this journey it was just like no matter what negativity came kim and i were like we're not gonna do that i'm not having it yeah Yeah, but it's yeah you know but that comes from this this year has been hard on people and their personalities. Some people just, it's like a family. Sometimes yeah. people don't get along and sometimes, you know, things happen. Um, but we, reality is, is that that's always going to happen. So yeah. we handle it the best that we can and, and we keep moving and, and keep moving. That's it. That's it. Doc, <laughs> DJ Doc. Always. <laughs> there you are. There you are. It's Sarah. Video host. Everything. What's going on? Lots of lots of things. Yeah, you know, it's been uh, as you can imagine, probably a defining moment of my career, just in terms of what's been going on. You know, when everybody else was locking down, it was we ride at dawn, bitches, and um, you know, I'm getting 
you know, the call to come and work in the hospitals and to take care of folks and, and still, you know, taking care of people. So as you can imagine, you know, as I'm starting to think about how this is going to impact what was going on, I needed an escape, something different. Some, I mean, I was still seeing people every day because I was still taking care of my patients and, and interacting with my staff. But um, I wasn't, it wasn't the same connection always that you get with your patients as you're, you're working with them. And, um, and so then as, as I was sort of needing an outlet, you know, getting to walk outside a little bit, maybe with my kids, you know, I have a 10 year old and a seven year old who came home from spring break and were pretty much told don't come back, um, which was wow. I mean, my daughter's a kindergartner when that happened and my son was a second grader. And so, um, so then I, I, I was, I was late to the SOA party. I'm not going to lie. Like I didn't start watching until probably, uh, let's see. I think I saw Theo in uh, Luke Cage and was mm-hmm. like, as one does going through IMDb, you're like, who are these people? No offense. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, none, oh, none taken. Yeah. Oh, they're in these <laughs> other things. And Lord knows I had seen Black Hawk Down in the theater. I will say that was the yeah. case. Um, but uh, but I was like, boy, maybe I'll turn this on because it's on Netflix. And so then I, I cruised through most of the series, although I am probably the worst SOA fan, because once you get into season seven, I have not finished it because Fine. I just couldn't you, you can you can you can follow along with theo and i in about 13 weeks from yeah, now you're not the only one who just started watching it yeah also just started watching it. weird because yeah when you all are like i don't know what's going to happen next i'm like i'm in the same boat no, so no i'm idea. just as surprised by what's happening too but at any rate, to get back to the actual question, um, which is, you know, as as time went on and I was listening to to the podcast and I listened to some of the uh, other episodes and the theory episodes. And then I started listening to these Reaper reviews and, and the two of you talking. And I was like, well, boy, maybe I should just start rewatching this. So I'm hiding out on my patio, like watching Sons of Anarchy, like six episodes in a row. My kids are like, Mom, what are you what are you doing? Can I watch? And I'm like, no. No, you may not. Maybe mm-hmm. later. Yeah. Uh, and and then I realized I was starting to connect with other people, mostly by Twitter, who were also watching. And um, and I am a per- just like all of you. I love to connect with other people, and I really love watching the podcast with other people. And so that was kind of how I started. You know, a few of us realized that we were all getting up at the same time. We were different parts of the world in the country. We were watching the pod at the same time. And just commenting to each other about what we were seeing. And and so then it it kind of snowballed and there were some creative projects, one might say, um, which was in kind of an outlet for for creativity and doing something totally different than my everyday life, as you can imagine. Um, and, and ultimately just having, you know, I've made some really amazing friends who, as we've said, we connect at other times, which is always a challenge when you're all across the world. And then I'm trying to explain to other people in my life, like here, it's a, I'm, I'm watching this show, but it's with my friends who live in like the UK and and Australia. (laughs) And they're like, is this like when you say your your boyfriend's a model in Europe and nobody yeah. right like yes yeah. yes it is that's exactly it, 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 it yeah. yeah so it's exactly like that um, <laughs> what can I what can I say um, no, that's, that's wow that's great babe. And, and that's that, great and that is kind of the overriding theme that we've seen and we absolutely love and you know listen 
Without further ado, we're about to start season six. We got two seasons left, y'all. This is it, right? Whoa. And then it's all theory all the time, right? Whoa. Which I'm sure is going to be a fucking disaster. When disaster. But let's, uh, and, and, and also just to say, we also have some big, you know, interview episodes coming up that won't, you know, so there'll be weeks where Reaper will take a break and we'll do like these full, you know, Opie yep. style interviews. Like we did with Ryan. Yeah, like we did with Ryan. So this is a bit of, I, I want to say this about this episode, maybe because I just finished it. I'm not sure that this episode would play in today's world now. Uh, I think it would be a very different time. Does everybody agree before we get into it? Mm, I'm not sure. You think I, that it would get by? I think so. Mm. Maybe not on FX, maybe on HBO or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that everything that happened that I saw pretty much is uh, still on TV <clears throat> in some form or fashion. Well, I'm talking about the one specific theme that overrides the entire show that, you know, that again, I, and I, and when we get to it, I'm going to, I might throw an uncalled for out, but, but let's get, let's get into, because these episodes are so long and I want to get with everyone's kind of deal. It starts off with this young kid writing. And again, because I know nothing, we, I assumed it was somehow Jax that maybe he went to a grade school or something because he looks like Jax. So without right. knowing I was like, oh, that's Jax when he's young, right? Right. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. Right. And then it morphs into Jax writing, which is also kind of another trick of like, oh, is that him kind of he's been writing for that long? Mm -hmm. And then we start. And when Kim, we said this, whenever you're doing a montage in the beginning and the end, you know, it's a big episode. Yeah, for sure. And I, I don't know about you gals, but I thought that the montage was great. It was a tad long and there was a lot of auto in this uh, previously on, like a lot of Kurt Sutter. And mm -hmm. I know that he talks about this is the beginning of the last chapter. Six and seven is the beginning of the last chapter. So maybe he just wanted to remind everybody who he was. I'm <laughs> Kurt fucking Sutter. I'm going to be in this previously on a lot. And, uh, you know, um, again, there's writing scenes. We see Chibs is a new VP. Did you guys notice that? Yes. Yeah. Brand new patch on his chest, right? And I'm riding yes. beside him. Still Tara's in jail. Tara's in jail. Tara's in super jail. Significant. Short hair. Mm -hmm. She's got short yes. hair. Yeah, now. man. Did super she get her haircut or what? No, they have, to take the, they have to take the tracks out. They got it. Yeah. So if she has extensions, they're out in prison. They're out. Yeah. yeah. You're out. You can't have anything like that. And again, all SOA is riding. And then, you know, you see, I thought it was unclear with Bobby and I, what we were doing Thank you. with the whole group. Thank you. When Bobby goes, mm -hmm. Juice, go that. I didn't know what, wait, why is Juice going that way? Why is Bobby going straight ahead? Did you gals feel the same way? No, I, I, well, I think I did maybe that for that little, where they separated in the street. Yeah. But why, when like, what did, like, again, and I, I would ask this of you guys, what did you think? We're riding with all these people who we don't know. Everybody's got face coverings on. Right. What, what but it was, and it, right. I guess the, during the montage, I didn't have as many questions. I felt like it was, you know, they just catching up everybody from what happened the previous season. So it was kind of seeing where everybody was and just setting up the episode. So I didn't think too too much into that particular part of it 
I was more concerned with the Gemma making breakfast and and um, you know, uh, happy. Once the, once the dialogue with, started. Yes. Well, it was there was there wasn't much dialogue. It was you know after Jack started um, was writing his journal, he got up and got with uh, he picked up Thomas. Yeah. And all the the music was still going on. The montage was still going on. Um, but then it was panning to Gemma and and Happy in the kitchen with Abel. Yeah, that's why I break down everything. So it was just like, every oh, happy good. watching the kids. Yeah, Holly's why is he? Watching. Well, yeah, see that I don't watch because I feel it's a montage and it's just setting up the episode to me. That's how I watch it. Got it. Right. Got it. Sarah, did you think like did you for a second like did you know why Bobby and Juice are together in a group? Does anybody oh. know why? Hell no. I figured it out later. I had no idea. I figured it out later when they said, right. oh, they're back. And I was like, oh, they needed a break. They needed to get away from what was going on. Or at least that's what it sort of interpreted as I saw it come together later. But initially, I was like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Because, Kim, it ends with Bobby's gone, right? Five yep. mm-hmm. of him leaving and Juice right. we know has to go, right? So that's, again, it's a big jump to to make that you're going to connect that we're somehow together coming back. But again... It's kind of irrelevant. It's montage stuff, right? So we get yep. to, we get to Gem and Jacks. They're talking in the kitchen. He's going to go see Tara. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. she's in jail for some reason. They want to put the homicidal maniac with the kids. Happy, I have no idea why, but sure. <laughs> sure. But Happy was so good in that scene. Yes, he, he was so good. Yeah. Happy was so happy to but- talk. <laughs> I mean, come on. But so happy. That's so sweet. <laughs> he's, he's so sweet. And he and he's so he good with like kids and animals and dogs. Like he's just so yeah. he is such a sweet dude, but it's just an interesting choice. And again, yeah. that's cool, right? But again, again, I'm gonna go back to Gemma's kind of filling that role of like the wife, mother who becomes the wife, right? And right. And, and I Gemma bothers me, y'all. Like she bothers me. That character. without question. Oh my god! Right? Yeah, she didn't miss the beat. She yeah, didn't she didn't miss the beat. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. She's got it all covered. And I, I at this point, I am sick of her. Like I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I. Really well, now, Rosie, Rosie, I, Rosie. We yes. we have twenty five shows left, girl. I know. So you can't get super sick of her because there's a lot more of her. Sick, but this is was, anybody but this on here? Five. Is anybody on here? Gemma's I mean, favorite. Is Gemma your favorite character for anyone? Oh no, 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 no. 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 <laughs> And again, may I just say to that gal, <laughs> may I just say to that gals that what a compliment to Katie's acting. Oh my god. I mean, what a what All a compliment to Ron's acting. What a compliment to these guys or gals that you are so invested in this show so uh, that you like like Tig for example, that first season no one liked Tig. No one that whole Donna thing and I kept going get over it. Like get over it. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then you started to grow with whatever that writing was. And we all went through it. Juice went through it. Opie, probably Opie is the only one that maybe didn't go through any kind of like discourse until he was like gone. And that mm-hmm. was such a drag and such a shame. And Jax has changed because of it. Anyway, here we are. Now we're in prison. Yeah, with so Sutter. now we get this auto. I said Otto's being juiced. Um, <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Oh. Taking one for the club. 
He's yeah. taking one for the club, like, kids. He's taking blood on the walls. It's blood on the walls. It's hard to watch. It's hard to watch. Dare we say uncalled for? violent. Dare we say uncalled for? I mean, we could all agree. Can we all agree that was uncalled for? Yeah, absolutely. I said out loud. Listen, wow. I but, love what but, he does for why? himself. I love that he writes that kind of stuff for himself. I thought and, that and I man, thought he and Rosie, was Ro- Ro- Rosie, I got to agree with you because if you think about it, with what's coming up and with what's happened in the next twenty-five shows, in a way, Sutter is not only taking one for the club; Literally. he's taking one first before anyone else gets involved in, in stuff like that. And here we go. So check yeah. this out. So check this out. When when we do fast forward to season seven and wow. juice juice is getting juiced. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember Kurt saying to me, he's like, uh, as I said to him, I said, okay. I said, um, all right. So this this is what's going on, right? Because and it, it wasn't really so much the 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 Manson one, it was the uh, the other one, right? With uh, with all the guys, right? And I and he goes, um. You remember Otto, right? And I was like, oh, yeah. No, did he say that? Yeah, he did. So okay, I was like, I mean, how go. can he's the guy writing it? And he's like, you know, they there say lead by example if you're a leader. Yeah. So <laughs> they, they always made juice the lady. Like he, he <laughs> even when you were in jail, like whatever season two or whatever, like they oh, offered yeah. you up. They were offering you up all the time. Oh, the juice bait. But again, a Kurt, Kurt had written this really torturous character, but I think it's also. We're starting to learn more about Turk, right? And especially in this episode, we learned a lot comes. about he's back Turk. With, he's back with Otto, another yeah. scene. And it was go. super mysterious kind of in the beginning, right, what, who he mm-hmm. was. But I think a really telling line and also a really horrific line is he says, uh, I have to go do some business, but this is going to happen every morning. Yeah, right? my friends and, will come and visit you every yeah. morning. And, no, and he coming. says, and, and then it gets even better, it goes, keeps coming. It's going to keep coming. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to, but I'm going to, I mean, I'm sorry. You're yeah. Otto, get ready. You're going to be on your stomach a lot. And a then lot. Otto is crying. He can't speak. You know, can't he's, speak. he's got no tongue. Um, This is also the beginning. We cut to the beginning of uncle touchy. Tig is the first to say it. <laughs> do you People, remember that on set, Kim? I do. Oh my God. You know where I, that came from, right? I don't No. So it's well, well known that Dayton and I had a very specific relationship and I, uh, oh, do I tell, to, do tell I, you, please. What? Do share. Mean, do share, meaning, do that, tell. meaning that I never let this guy off the hook. I, right. we have a relationship where I would, if he even did one thing, I was going in on him. It could be yeah. anything, right? If he wore a certain thing, if he, whatever, <laughs> and everybody's around. So they would hear a lot of the stuff, you know, whatever. And I would just, Dayton and I, he would make fun of me. I would make fun of him. And there were certain things that came out of that. And uh, and Kurt thought it was really funny, some of the things we used to say. And and uh, and one of them was, uh, Kim, do you remember when we were in New York for the press stuff? Sure. And Dayton went to moon us in a bar yeah. or something. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. It was really embarrassing for him. <laughs> It's really embarrassing for him because he didn't realize people were outside. Because he didn't realize people were outside the window taking yeah. pictures. Yeah. Dating Cal is you, me, Charlie, Tommy. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. And he thought it'd be funny. I don't want that white ass to be seen by anyone other than no. himself. Ever. <laughs> and I never let him off the hook for that. No. And, and, uh, <laughs> 
And Kurt just thought it was so funny we made, that we made fun of each other. And it started to like, oh, these guys should make fun of each other the way they do offset on set, right? Like if they're like in the storyline, there wasn't enough ribbing so, of each other. It was so nice to grab grab little uh, Thomas or a, I think it was Abel from the car and Tommy's yeah. got whatever. And, and I get to say a line like that. It was like some humor again for Tig. It was just. Uh, and I Unser that. hated it. Dayton hated huh? it. Oh, I hate it. He hated that line. Yeah. He hated that name. He hated that line. He hated everything. But again, the way it was explained is that these guys also at some point or another, because it was getting so dark, need to mm-hmm. start lightening it up a little. Lightning need so to have- on that exact point, um, you know, Fee, maybe you can answer this. Why did you think like everyone was in a good mood? The club seems to be in a Bobby's gone, Juice is on the run, Clay's in prison, Tara's in. All of a sudden, we're all kind of in a good mood, Fee. Like, what, what do you think that was about? Well, the whole episode, there was parts where it's almost like a false sense of security that everything's yeah, there okay, you go. everything's happy, and then that ended. There you go. So it's like almost that's the really shock of everything's I calm, think that's nice. so right. I think that's and so right. Shock. And isn't that interesting, Fee, and everyone else, that – even when things are okay inside the club or they're getting resolved inside the club or there's not this looming ATF thing or people ratting or there's not all this, there's really no big bad yet, right? Lee Turk is being set up as it, but there's no, but it's also the outside world. It's never going to be, it's never going to be a happy ending. So that false sense of security is great because I think while things are going right, if you really drill down on it, there is a lot of things going wrong. Tara's in jail. Juice has got to figure out a way in. Clay is kind of a wild card, right? Otto, we just spoke about. Tig is lost, which yeah. we'll get to. Bobby's gone, nomad. So while there might be no really pressing things, it's still not great within the club. But something that doesn't even have to do with us kind of has to do with us, which is that overall narrative that's pushing through with the, with the young kid in the beginning. Right. That's really cool. That's, that's cool. So we go to, we go to Tig. Uh, no, we go to Chibs is VP, right? Answers with yeah. the kid. Tig, what I liked here and Kim, I'd like you to talk about this for a second is you and Gemma have a quick flirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I've always said, I've always said, and we know, we know there was physical stuff prior, right? There was whatever. I mean, what it, that was kind of intentional, right? Well, it's funny you should bring that up because I remember having the conversation gals with Kurt Sutter before this season started. And he wasn't really sure where uh, Tig was going to go. And he said to me in a phone call, and this is like January, February, before we started filming end of April, that there might be a thing with Gemma. Tig might have a thing with Gemma. And I was, of course, okay with it by then because it was so long ago with Clay and Gemma. And I fought not, not wanting to be with her in the closet with the guns. And I didn't want to, but it made sense why after. My point is, I was told that. And, and so uh, it never really came to fruition at all. But that was probably a, 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 a thing that was held through that little flirtation at the beginning when Sutter was still trying to maybe figure it all out. 
It was going to be a little, are you jealous? Yeah. A little I would bit. have liked to have seen them two get together and make I'm, it really complicated. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind. They have gotten together before. Like oh. there is, I don't care what anybody Off screen. says. Uh, they, no. <laughs> Oh, no, oh, yeah, not, not Tig and Katie, not Kim right, and Katie. Right. You're saying Tig and Gemma off yes, screen. Yes, 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 yes. To me, there's some history there. And it's that, definite. I believe that scene that you fought so hard to not do, it, even though when you guys did it, it just, it's, you played it to me, like, or she also played it where you guys know each other biblically in some sense before. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way that that was a new thing, that she can just be in a, in, in slippers, furry slippers and like a negligee and all of a sudden you get turned on by that. I'm like, mm, they've done this before. Like there's something there before. There's some history and I don't put it past Gemma's character at all for her to sleep with a friend of the club, friend of Clay's, even even his best friend. I mean, we, yeah, we I mean, should... John was his best friend, wasn't um, her, we... hu- her husband was his best, was Clay's best friend. Yeah. Katie and I, sorry, Rosie, uh, but Katie and I did talk about all that, actually. Oh, okay. And and that is completely not what we were doing. However, (laughs) however, I will tell you that there's something to be said for the slippers and the negligee. There's something to be said. Why was it Pig going there that morning? There's something to be said. For what happened to Gemma in that first scene of season two, which we will never right. forget. She won right. a Golden Globe because of it. Right. The one person that she needed more than anybody at that time was Tig. Mm-hmm. And there was one person that Tig needed at that time more than anyone. And that was Gemma. Got so you. you, 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 but we played that, that, that thing as this is definitely the first time. Now I'm not saying whatever. I'm going to stop now. Well, right. and we also know Tig wore his pink robe in front of her too, the short pink right. robe. So, exactly. I mean, it's not just her name. Right. Right? And, and they've kissed on the mouth more than once, more than like at least three times. She's gone in and kissed him straight on the mouth three I times. I want to know exactly how many times, Rosie. How many times did we kiss on the mouth? No. So now, now we cut to, this is interesting. Ch- Jax gets with Mark's um, and I love the August Marks character, right? We find out Clay is in uh, in PC, right? He's in, yeah. he's in, you know, he's private. He's, he's in, in private Compton, market. isn't he? He's he's yeah. he's bad news, now. right? He's in private, and he's they're trying to figure out why. But something I thought was really interesting here, and again, because I don't know any of this, we find out Tig is kind of still on the chopping block. That they still want. Who cares? Tig. What? What? Like why? Girls, someone jump in. Jess, yeah, I mean, what do you, Lemansky? What do you think? Why I thought that was over with 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 uh, Pope. Why is he still? Why do they still want Tig? Well, he he inherited basically Pope's and, business. Yeah, and he said to Jax, "I'm going to make this right for Mister Pope and his family." Or Pope and his family. Mm-hmm. But I thought Tig was in the clear. So but then- I think it's because August knew, like, they've known each other for so long. Like, he didn't August know Pope for, since he was, like, a teenager yep. or whatever? Correct. Correct. And so he has that loyalty to him and his family. I, I think. think he somehow knew, too. 
I think in the back of his mind, he knew that it wasn't clay. I think he knew. Yeah, I think, I I mean, again, me, Tig and I joked about it on the last episode. They put the gun 700 yards away. I mean, everybody, everybody kind of knows. First of all, Ronnie walking hills like that. Second of all. Yeah. And it also, again, this is a guy who's probably committed multiple, you know, horrific things, homicides or whatever. He would probably know not to leave the gun near the crime scene, even if it's 700 yards away up by a orange flagpole or whatever they wanted to put it. (laughs) So it is, that's a really good thing that that's a good thought that probably Mark's new. And he's like, cool, you got, you got to rid it. You did your little game here, but I still want him. Right. Right. It's cool. I didn't think about it like that. Um, So we find that out now the little kid kisses his mom. I don't want to go too far into the future, but I know that mom. And I think Juice knows her even more later, right? Does anybody, is that true? Yeah. yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Well, Tig, you uh, don't know. Well, I I know that Tig does, I think it kills some, I don't fucking know. Okay. But I, I do know because I remember that scene that I know that mom. Okay. I don't know how I, like, I don't know why that happens later. I don't want to say anything, but. Is he, is he onto something, ladies? Is he onto something? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. But she's with with Navarro, David Navarro, who's part of Nero's crew. So we're, we're, we're intertwining all these different stories, right? The kid is with her. Navarro's obviously hooking up with the mom, you know, his character and we see the kid go. So we see the mom, the little kid kisses the mom. Nero drives off in the background. So we're kind of tying this kid into uh, as we go, right? Like you said, false. And can I just say, Mr. Rossi? Yeah. At that moment, ladies, from a guy who hasn't watched the show, I now knew at that exact moment who that little boy was and what he's going to do. Because when we had the read through, when we all got this script and we had this read through, I'm telling you guys right now, there was outrage on behalf of the cast that we were going to go down that line, which we'll talk about at the end. But anyway, whoa, you remember yeah. that Theo, you were there. Yeah. And again, if, if, but if you haven't seen this episode, if you hadn't done a table read, like we did, if we all weren't sitting here, however many years later, you're watching this going, the fuck is happening? Here? Yeah. Like why is yeah. this kid, this kid obviously holds some importance in the episode, but you don't know why. And this Correct. is, Pretty brilliant, right? That we're going to navigate this. Pretty great. We know know Kurt's deal, right? Premieres, finales. How is he going to leave you exacerbated? How is he going to push that button? How is he going to get that water cooler talk we used to talk about? And I mean, he's about to do it in a big way, whether we agree with it or not. So now we go to Gemma Gemma and Nero at Diosa. Jax rolls up right away and says... um, Oh no! Well, I don't want—I don't want to skip the part—the the part with uh, Tara and the lawyer, right? Um, yeah. Tara, Tara, I don't want to skip that because Tara goes kind of dark there, right? Where they do that zoom in on her, and she says, "I, I have to get out of here," right? Yeah. She's starting to panic. Sarah, I mean, at that moment, and again, I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm a huge fan of Tara. I'm a, obviously a giant fan of Maggie and her acting, and I'm the one who really feels like Tara is one of the more innocent people on this show. Are you 
Are you feeling Fatara at that moment, Sarah? Oh, 100%. I mean, part of it, I part because I've always been Team Tara. Nobody's perfect, but I've always been Team Tara. I think part of it is that I share a profession with her. Sure. And so I understand to some, you know, there's there's two parts of this that I think people get one part, but they don't the other. One is what it takes to become a, a physician, especially a surgeon. You know, four years of undergrad, another four years of medical school, another at least three years of training, probably more like five after that. You've spent a decade, decade and a half getting to where you are and investing hundreds of thousands of dollars, probably two to three hundred thousand dollars in debt to become what you are. Now, the other side of that is the precarious position you're in as a physician and how difficult it is to maintain your licensure and to continue to work. You have to attest at least once a year, every other year, I have no pending convictions of any kind, no fe- no pending charges. And the only thing you can have on your record is a traffic ticket. And so then you have to disclose that to the state medical board, as well as any hospital you're privileged at. And if you're a surgeon, you can't practice if you don't have privileges at a hospital. You can't just operate wherever, although she kind of does a couple of times. Um, but I mean, globally, she is sitting there on probably hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt with she can't do anything else if she loses her license. You can't just slide into teaching or whatever. If that stuff is gone, you're hosed. So she spent 15 years getting to where she's at only to now keep taking these massive, huge risks. I mean, even just stealing something from the hospital, that's a huge risk. So now add on, she's facing felony charges. I mean, her life is is over. Her life and is over. Her life is over and she spent all this time investing and it's all for this club that she's next to and the love of this man. And, and they were doomed from the beginning. And, but she and, still isn't gets that, pulled in. and isn't that interesting? And that's such incredible insight. And, and, and Kim, isn't that interesting? Right. In the Hamlet esque, you know, devastation of. It's not for the club. It's for him. Yeah. And 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 when you really look at the enemies or the or the the bad the badness of the show or the evil of the show, the fact that if he loved her so much, he would even put her through this. She has lost her entire life, everything. And at that moment, she's sitting in prison with her lawyer. And she says, I need to get out of here. And you see everything on her face of like everything I've trained from, from, from high school. And Mm -hmm. this is, and this is why. We are doing this, Thea, because <laughs> when you think about a TV show like Sons of Anarchy, we are here talking about it today as to the Terra Gemma dynamic. Now, if you don't, if you don't have that dynamic, we don't have a fucking show. So look <laughs> at us talking about it. That's what's so great about this show. I mean, Booney the other day, I mean, I'm with Booney in Philadelphia where I saw Rosie, and Booney was always, you know, ah, the show and eh. He was so good in season five. Booney's so good. He hasn't watched the show. Theo and I watched two or three. But to see it, like we're all seeing it now, we have lots to say about it. So keep going. Yeah. My, my think, train's again, coming in 20 minutes. Yeah. And and Kim, you know, you got to fucking leave. You leave, Kim. I, 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 I know. I, I don't want to miss it, though. No, like, I know. But you're going to you're going to you're going to keep doing this. We're on Canadian time here. So so here's here's the thing that's really interesting, too, that I just want to say about that time. It's really interesting to me when I go back in my head, because Kim and I used to do pre Comic Cons. We used to do a lot of those motorcycle yep. events. How many people despise Tara's character? Where I'm like, oh my God. Now going like, what? Right. And and I couldn't figure out why, really. I know they thought it was because Tara was going to tear Jax from the club. 
Tara is going to be responsible for taking him away. I get it. I get it. But now they're in season six and she's getting punched in the stomach and now she's in prison. What? Yeah. And as <laughs> Change your her, shirt. As Jay Khan said, Tara. Yeah, Tara. Tara. So now we go to Gemma and Nero at Diosa, right? Jack yeah. rolls up and immediately says he needs to talk because the lawyer had told Jax that she everybody believes Gemma. And and just like everyone believes that's the moment, I also believe at that moment that Gemma was the one who dropped the dime on Tara, right? I think I wasn't the only one. I think everybody no. believed that, right? Yes. Yes. Can okay. I say something about yeah. Gemma in yeah. that scene? Do you remember what she said to Nero <laughs> when he comes up to her at the bar? No. <laughs> uh, she says something to the effect of, oh, I just sucked a little cock, made a few bucks. And I was just like. Uncalled for. You never stop. You never stop. You just. <laughs> Uncalled. She has the most uncalled for lines throughout the set. In this app, yeah. You just yeah. set up your husband and you're just rolling right along. Oh, don't, don't you just said it. Don't get me started how no one mentions Clay because I'll go into what I said when no one mentioned Opie. Opie got killed and we never fucking mentioned him. No. Clay, Clay's in prison. He was no. legitimately the biggest character on this show. We're gonna talk. Jack, and yeah. he's not they, even mentioned. They mentioned him. They mentioned him a couple of times. They kept asking any word from our any word from, from county, prison but or that county. Was it. right? Tig, <laughs> but a couple of people asked about him. Tig, Juice, and Unser ask about him. Yes. No one, no one else asks about him. <laughs> but again, that's kind of what we do. Sons of Anarchy keeps it moving. Kim says it all the time. We just go and we keep going, right? Yep. So as this happens, and I totally forgot about this, Lila comes in. It's. I didn't know what was going on. Like there was yeah, that, sure. now this is when it, the train left the track yeah. a little bit. <laughs> or like yeah, this, this whole torture porn thing, right? Like, yes. I, I like, and I think our gals, uh, Tracy and Michelli and all the gals who did the makeup were phenomenal. Phenomenal. This for me was a little, I don't know what, I don't know what it just looked placed, like placed. It wasn't real. Sarah, you're a doc. I mean, I don't know. They do such a great job with the Is gun. It supposed shop. to be cigarette burns. It, it looked like campy horror. Like that's what I. That's it what I wrote like down. Like it looks horror. campy horror, and it's kind of like, well, I mean, I like I would anticipate bruising. I would into you know if she's getting beaten and. And, and if I may, Sarah, like I'm sorry to interrupt, but Theo, you're right. It was supposed to be toward, like burns or, or 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 rubbing the face with sandpaper. I don't know. I've she never looked done like a pig pen porn. from peanuts. She looked like yeah. pig pen from peanuts. She had dust all over. It was a bit. <laughs> and poor, poor Lila. She gets shot. She's in this now. Like, like what's going on with she her? She literally life? gets her script and goes, "What? What?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we I'm talk about Tara, but poor, poor Winter. Lila. Yeah, Lila. Forget about poor Lila. Poor Ima. Ima is the one who gets her fucking ass kicked every time she shows up on camera. Yeah. No, yeah. head so slammed. True. She gets cursed <laughs> out. Everybody hates shot. her. Everything. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like so, eight nose jobs, like constantly yeah. getting nose jobs. Wouldn't their plastic just surgeon getting... just be like, what is happening? Spin yeah. on right. Yeah. Like that. Oh, is this Kristen, Kristen you're talking character. about? Yes, Kristen's character. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kristen. 
Oh God. Yeah. There's an award right now for putting up with uncalled for shit for the entire run of the show. Her yes. agent, her agent calls her up and goes, Hey, so they got you on another episode of Sons. And she's like, Oh, cool. What am I doing? Like, you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get the shit kicked out of you again. Oh, okay, your nose is gonna get broken. Oh, my God. I mean, so so yes, that was kind of and again, but what it did again lets Gemma off the hook, right? Something comes in, Gemma's off the hook. Okay. At this point, and I just want to point this out, about 16 Jesus Christ have already been dropped in this episode. Everyone's saying it in the beginning. Jesus here. Christ. Everybody. Jesus Christ. Every time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And it is it is the son's way of cursing, right? Yep. Him, it's all we can is, say. Yeah. Has intelligently Shit pointed out. Jesus Christ. That's Jesus it. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> Gemma then slams Imus head off the bar. We all, we all saw that, right? Okay. Right. Again, completely uncalled for. Sure. Sure. Let the violence play out. Um, Turek meets with Clay. So here we go down more into this rabbit hole of Lee Turek, right? We're going to find out now that it's really personal. Um, I have no idea how Clay handled this part, and I don't know what happens with Lee Turek, but I do know that he's getting more dangerous every time he comes on screen. Obviously, we all know I'm a giant fan of Donald Logue. We've said his backstory. He's so good in this role. Wow. So, so awesome. good in this role. So calm, very patient in the way he <laughs> talks and delivers lines. Clay is also, obviously, Ron's always magnificent because he's really he's good at giant. sarcasm. And yeah. he's just sitting there playing this guy off in every way until he yeah. realizes that this might be important. Um, so we get to know him. Now... Now we start to understand a little more about Bobby. We're going to get to Bobby, right? And we're going to, this is Indian Hills. And why is Filthy Phil there? Like, Kim, what is? Well, all I care about Filthy Phil is he got a haircut. So <laughs> I'm thinking Chris Reed, because I, I mean, I'm having a very good hair day because I have to meet a bunch of people in about two hours here and I got to drive to Niagara Falls. But I got to tell you, Chris Reed got a job on the off season because yeah. Chris cut his hair. All he talked about, and girls, you should have seen him riding these motorcycles. I mean, they can't build them big enough for his butt, but they do, and they did. And he, I want that long hair. Nope. He comes right with that little page boy cut. He got a job in the offseason. Good for you, Chris. I have no idea why he's there, but as Charlie said during this show, we're down to about four club members now. Like, we really hardly have anyone left. We're either gone or in jail. Or So, Chris Reed, get up front, baby. You're, okay, you're, stupid, stupid question. Line? Yeah, go ahead. And his line, there's no oven. How are you going to bake anything? Yeah. Well, <laughs> again, here's a storyline that right? plays out. We know that Bobby bakes, and very occasionally, once every season, we're going to throw it in somehow that he's a yep. baker. And again, these are those little cobweb things. Like Elvis has been gone. There's no more. Elvis, Elvis. is long right. gone. Which is so left the building. Left the building, <laughs> left the show. He doesn't do anything with Elvis. We don't even see a costume in the background. Like that would have been fun, right? If when he was moving into the apartment, you saw the costume, that would have been a cool. No, and, 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 and when on his bike just now, should have had the white costume flapping behind yeah. his butt, you know, something. But we lose these things really quick. And then, okay, so there's the 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 part with bobby so we're, we're kind of figuring out that bobby had just gotten sick of everything right we're painting him as even he got tired of the jacks thing but everybody else is still you know super loyal and now the kid we cut to here we go weaving mm -hmm. this narrative the kid walks by as the sons are riding by right and mm -hmm. that's 
we're going to keep seeing him to remind you, don't forget that kid. Don't right. forget that that as this happens. So here we go to another tortured character, but also one of my favorites. Wendy shows up at TM talking with Gemma. Um, super happy that Wendy didn't go down the road after Jack shot her up, that she didn't get hooked again. And now she's shows how strong she has become and all this. I had someone tell me on the co- uh, the comments the other day, something like, how can you forgive Wendy? She tried to kill Abel or whatever, I guess, when she OD'd. But I, I guess I'm someone that has sympathy for addiction. I mean, can't we can't we believe in recovery, right? Has Wendy, has Wendy done anything bad af- after that? No. No. No, right. she's she been, she turned her life completely around. I treat patients yeah. for addiction and it's a disease. It's something that is there through your whole life. She has come to such an amazing place. I mean, it's not surprising how things ultimately end for her, but yeah. it's just, it, it's a testament to her strength that she endures that. But then she's also saying, you know, I've got my priorities in line. And now, you know, if this is how it's going to be, then, and then here we are, you know. What, whatever She's, she becomes a bit of the voice of reason in a mm-hmm. lot of ways throughout the seasons. Right. I mean, she doesn't. Absolutely. Absolutely. She goes from being like completely responsible the, to being the, the most responsible one. These are yeah. themes that Sutter did so well on this show in not being able to forget what you've done in the past. Sutter ha- had a hook on all that shit where the fans like all of us, you can't just see you can't get over the wendy gonna od the kid's gonna be dead she did that Gemma told almost killed her in the hospital bed way back in season one or whenever that and people they they don't forget it because this show is so big in their heart and big in their head and big in their storyline but as theo and i talk about all the time i think i've killed 187 people at this point i think keg is keg is pretty much pretty much on in prison for the rest of his life yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. probably by the start of the third show, season one. So we need to toss reality out a lot of the time with something that's so crazily written like this show is. Yeah. And what I love about Wendy is that she has the ability when she's because it's usually Gemma and Tara. She's interacting with. On yeah. The show, you know, soon to be others. I know Juice and her have something later is. She makes Gemma almost look as ridiculous as she should look, where she's like, yeah, if this is going to be the way it is, I don't even want custody of those kids. Like, you just live this crazy life you guys are living. I'm rising above all this. And it kind of makes even Gemma's face like, oh, that's the only weapon I had in my arsenal was to use right. this against you. And, right. and she's removing that, right? It's almost like... Uh, if you know someone has something on you, you just kind of disarm them by saying, sure, I know this. I, yeah, I am this. So what, what else do you have? Right. And that's kind of what she's doing. Um, okay. So now uh, this is kind of the introduction of the crews arriving at the docks and not, this is significant because besides the shootout and all the things that are about to happen, this is going to bring in the docks which is a big part because we're going to introduce Baroski. So this is introducing a big storyline for the season. Kim, take us down. Cause when you're on those days, I'm not there. There's a lot going on in that scene, but there's a lot. Of yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot going on in that scene. And it's, it's pretty, it was pretty easy to play because we, when you see stuff like that and you witness stuff like that and you see the, the filming of it and who's doing it. And it's all, 
gals and you, you it, it it made it was easy to play it was very very internal for me i saw it all i felt it all and i wanted nothing to do with it and because my 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 car is here can i can i just go can i just talk tigs through this like the whole Please. thing rossi yeah. yeah so basically you guys like honestly when when this was happening and we're there and we see it and then someone's silly of course a gun's going to come out and there's a little shoot 'em up, which is just a little uncalled for, but it's action. It is what that is. Then, then Charlie uh, tells me to stick around and to clean up a little bit, right? And I remember and kind of dismisses him a little, right? He kind of yeah. dismisses. Him. Yeah, just you're not coming with me. You're staying here. Clean it up. Did you gals notice how when it was time to clean up, <laughs> and that 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 guy, the the Persian. I love how Borowski. We've met him in one quick little scene before this, Rossi. And we're going to get back to him. I know you will. But he says Persia is over in the in the sixth century AD. They're called Iranian. <laughs> yes. Hysterical. Oh, Charlie tried to, yeah, yeah, a Persian. Hilarious. Right. That was pretty funny. Anyway, so here I am with this Iranian guy. <laughs> history lesson. Yeah, it was a nice history lesson for sure. <laughs> and I remember being with this Iranian guy, actor, good actor. And, and here we go. And the things that he said to Tig, you, did you guys notice how I said, just get out of here? beat it yeah, yeah i had no no plan but when when it came down to what he said about my daughter take snaps now you're gonna die you're gonna die in a vat of piss there's still something in tig trigger that unresolved that unresolved thing with the daughter for sure but also this this i don't know this psychotic anger it, or, it, or or <laughs> organically weird <laughs> Now I'm going to, it's not good enough. He's going to die in a vat of pee. I'm going <laughs> to pee on him now. Like that, 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 that side of TIG was still something very uh, unique to play. And then of course we dump him off the edge. We sing the song and you guys have one more thing before I go. Uh, I, you know, Bob Thiel, the musical conductor, he said, we're going to sing the song. And I remember saying to him, well, <laughs> TIG's not going to really sing the song because it's really about, Dawn, it's so I'll start, and because of me not really singing the song, because you gals know how much I love to sing, of course. Um, that's when they went into the riff of the song in a montage from Tig's voice, and I thought that was way better. Uh, Paris Barkley, who directed this show, had a camera out over the ocean who was on a crane, it came up, you saw me. That was a camera that a crane moved that was so awesome, and on that note. I have to go. Before you go, I want to ask oh. you one question. How yeah. important and how important was it when Tig goes into the house at the end with the baby and holds mm -hmm. the baby? Like, wasn't that almost like a, a closing of that chapter? Great, greatest. Rossi, it was the greatest of all time. For me to have a baby, and you gals know me a little bit. I'm a father. I'm a I love my kid. I, I love kids. I love it. We all, right? We all do, right? Mm -hmm. And to have a baby as Tig with all those rings and my new bangles that were dedicated to Don and, and just to hold him and to be in a rocking chair was a, a beautiful uh, book ending to Tig's agony of, of Don, really. It really was. Well, Tig, I want to tell you, we want you to get out of here because we're now interviewing new co-hosts because you have to leave early. So just uh, head on out. And ladies, we'll, uh, we'll take so much love, ladies. Justin, fuck off. Get a life. I don't know where you've been all day. Yeah. Rossi and I are doing Mining. all the heavy lifting. It's yeah. ridiculous. Right. Yeah. 
There you <laughs> Make are. Make sure you end your camera the right way because we don't want to hear you. <laughs> oh, God. I have no peeing. No peeing. No peeing. No peeing. We can't edit it out. There's too many people on. Get out of here. So much love. Love you all. We love you. Get out of here. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. Can I, can I, can I tag on to what he was saying with that? Sure. Yeah. Please. Okay. Um, so last, uh, the last episode, this season finale of season five, he was also, and en- he ended the episode holding the dog like a baby. Mm. Oh, there that's was, right. so, and doing the whole cuddling and the, and, and doing all of that in, 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 a, in a chair. And it was the same kind of comfort that he always seems to need throughout the whole series, the Tig character, because he's constantly, Gemma's the one constantly mothering him and babying him. Like when, when Dawn died and he's, you know, he, you know, Jax was holding him when he thought he was going to die and, and, and Jax ended up, you know, having him kill um, Cope. He's very, I don't know if he's bipolar or sensitive (laughs) or what, whatever it is, but, He's he's uh the last two episodes really you see him you know have that break and where he you know yeah, gets very I think, emotional. I think what Sons did so well and and again back back then I did actually watch more TV right and there was a couple of shows that did it right but one thing that Sons did and I really appreciate about it is that you humanize even the worst people Monsters. right mm-hmm. so. What I mean by that is that in all essence, in a 10,000 foot view, Tig, Alexander Tig Traeger is a bad person, right? Mm-hmm. But yet, but yet we're going to humanize this guy, right? We're going to, the daughter. So even as he's murdering someone, and right. urinating on them, like he said, and doing this horrific thing, you almost cheer for it, right? Because you go, that guy's worse than him, right? But we don't know if that guy's worse than him. We don't know if mm-hmm. that guy's ever murdered anyone. We don't know. Right. Whatever. We just know a short thing about him. But you're humanizing these characters. And I think why this show has sustained, because there's 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 been a lot of great shows in history, but not as many as we think, right? Not a lot of shows sustain through the majority, where the majority of people go, it's a really good show. And you agree right. on it, right? Mm-hmm. Usually it's, yeah, sure. But there's a few. There's the Breaking Bads, there's the Sopranos, you know, people with the wire. And there's a lot of things that people would go, yeah, that's a great show. Sons, I think, is because there is a connection. Each of us can find a connection to any character in one way or another. And that's Mm -hmm. by the humanizing of these characters. And I think maybe, and I know this from doing a lot more shows, and I have, you know, the new show coming out in November, is that it's been harder to do now because we don't really spend that much time with characters. And also remember, and even though a lot of some people have watched this late, as Sarah said, and some people have binged it or whatever, but in the technical standpoint, the majority of people who watched the show watched it over a seven year period. Mm-hmm. So these people become your family members. They become, right. you, you know them, or you think you know them like you know a friend. And you're going through this emotional journey with them. Because even if you binge watch seven seasons, it takes a while, right? So, you have this different relationship with them. And I think that when it comes to someone like Tig, the fact that you can even feel something for him in a positive sense is an incredible uh, 
thing towards the writing, right? So yes, absolutely. Because you're you're putting people in who are kind of worse than him, which these you know these guys are down at the dock at this point. So here we go, right? In the crew, we head to Boroski's for the first time, and we're going to meet Peter Weller's character. Everybody knows Weller as you know RoboCop and Buckaroo right. Banzai and all these other things that he's done, right? Weller also at this point is now directing a bunch of these episodes and has become a huge part of the SOA family, right? Super smart dude. Um, And again, the kid's there eating something, right? Um, We've talked about this, why I love that location so much is at that point I was living in Eagle Rock, California, and it was literally down the block. I could walk the dog to where they were filming. So every time we were filming there, I wasn't in a lot of the scenes. I'd be walking my dog and I'd be like, oh, hey, what's up, everybody? You know, I'd see them all there, which was really bizarre. Um, I have mixed feelings about the Borowski character. I thought it's cool, but I also think that it's another way that we're taking away from. I I like to see there's enough main characters that I want to see. I don't any minutes that are put into other people. I feel like we could have learned more about Filthy Phil or Happy or someone else. Right. And, and that's why I think a lot of us feel unresolved about a lot of characters because we didn't get to know them so much. And that's really hard when you have 11 leads or whatever. Um, So here we go. Juice arrives at TM with rat. And this, I believe, and I wrote this is Gemma and Juice's start of their alliance together when he gets off the bike, which we all know how this is going to play out for them too. Right. Um, he says to her, can I ask you something? And she says, no, this is the beginning of them Mm -hmm. too, which is going to really culminate at the end of this season with something tragic that happens. Right. Right. We also involve a little comedy here with rat, right. With the, with the, when she puts his hand on a chest, Gemma, again, uncalled for, right. Lemansky, this is an uncalled for move, but funny, but funny, but uncalled for. Right? That was funny. It's funny. Like, hey, uncalled for. It's all by Uncalled for, but, but in a good way. Uncalled for in a good yeah. way. And, and it's also Rat's reaction that sells it, right? She says, now you can't call me ma'am. But again, the, the real meat of that scene to me is you, you're having, you're going to see this jam and juice thing happen, which is two polar opposite people, but where this, while it began here, it also really began when Juice was sitting against that hallway and Gemma was at that table and Clay was at the center being given up. And we have two different trains of thoughts here. Gemma is signing Clay off to his walk the plank and mm-hmm. Juice feels terrible about it. Right. Yeah. Can so, I ask you about when you, that in that scene, mm-hmm. I because I wrote a note, when you said to her, can I ask you something? I felt like you were going to ask her, did she feel guilty? Yes. Did she feel bad? Okay. Does it bother you? Yeah. Does this, does this make you feel as bad as I do? Yeah. Right. And she was like, no, you can't ask me a question. Yeah. And this is the beginning of the juice lost boy kind of storyline, right? Where this is like, we've seen things of him being lost, but this is really the start of it. And this is, you know, he had been writing for that character since season four and here we are in season six. But it had dipped in and out, right? But this is really the lostness in his eyes. I've always said this is kind of where he went vacant. And mm-hmm. when 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 you become like that, you're very easily manipulated. 
And Gemma being the, the, the virus in a way, that's when you find a host, you kind of take on to it. And she sees, which, you know, same thing Jax has done to Juice. They're easily manipulated the innocence of it. Tara, we just talked about it, right? The love blinded her from these bad people. Gemma is starting to see that with him, right? But we just get a really short notice of it. Kurt would write stuff and see if they work. There's so many layers that we'll get into with Juice and Gemma later, even Juice and Wendy and all these other souls that kind of seem to find each other. Um, But again, that was, we know that we're not talking about this thing, this significant thing that happened. Um, we go back to Borowski's and uh, which is funny. I just did a movie with the guy who was his right-hand man. This guy, John, great guy, by the way. And I'm such an idiot that when I was <laughs> doing the movie, he's like, we work together. And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. you did, that was the same thing you did with uh, the, uh, well, the gentleman who was uh, part of, the 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 crew the one niners yeah there was an actor in the one niners yeah. that you ended up working with later on too here's here's the, crazy, <laughs> here's the craziest thing i try to tell my wife this but it's not really a good selling point we're always pre- <laughs> we're always preaching to people to live in the moment i live in the moment so much that i don't remember anything and i don't think of anything upcoming <laughs> I literally only know what's going on right now. So I don't remember birthdays. I don't know unless someone tells me anything. I don't remember people's names. I am, I am just what happened yesterday is completely forgotten to me. Now, while I think this is an extremely positive thing, it's apparently not. (laughs) It's really not, you know, when I'm trying to, to, I, I feel this when I'm like, husband, we need to do X. And he's like, goldfish. And, you know, now I'm, I'm setting eight alarms. So I'm, I'm just going to stick up for poor Megan and say no. that she and I are on the same page. I mean, gold, there are things to goldfish about. But why isn't it good to not hang on to anything or not remember things? You don't want to dwell on not... the past. I mean, I hear that, but there's a balance. No, he is just practicing mindfulness. That's mindfulness. That's being present. That is. Oh my god! Not living in the past. I don't do that. I just mm. pay attention to it, and and again, I know that it's kind of this. People think it's like a kind of get out of jail free card, but I just don't, I really don't. So when, but again, I worked with that dude. He's terrific. We just did this movie Bosco uh, together and he's a wonderful actor. And now when I saw him, I went, Oh, that's what, yeah. Yeah. He's on the show. Okay. Cause he told me we worked together and I was like, no, oh, no, but he's a great guy. So, <laughs> so him and no. Borowski together. Um, now we go to Tara and Turek. So this is where it gets interesting, right? Turek's popping up everywhere. Lee. Yeah. We find out he's the one that did it. So that only makes him more nefarious, right? Now, now it's, oh, shit. He's really going to try to destroy this club, right? He wants her to rat. So he wants Clay to rat. He wants her to rat. He wants anybody. He's throwing darts, every dart, right? And again, I don't know what happens, but I think we're establishing at this moment He's going to be the bad guy, right? He's going to be the uh, 
uh, I mean, who are some of our bad guys, right? We had the, the, we had Stahl, we had Stahl, Jimio, who is the white supremacist guy? Uh, oh gosh. Uh, I know. Zobel, Zobel, right, Blaise, Slobel. Who was the other white supremacist the first season? Uh, Henry Rollins? No, Mitch Pileggi's character. Oh, Mitch, oh, oh. Darby. Darby, thank you. So we and Pope, obviously, these are our bad guys. Stahl was a consistent bad guy. It looks like Lee, now that Clay is on the sideline, Lee is gonna Lee Turk is gonna kind of take this mantle, right? Um right. I guess Roosevelt they tried to make a bad guy, but I, I I don't I don't necessarily even juice I don't even think he was really that much of a bad guy. He did use juice kind of a little in the beginning. I think he was just trying to do his job. I've been noticing that, that even people who are trying to do their job on the show, we kind of, even the ATF, like they're not bad guys. They're just trying to stop gun running and drugs. <laughs> they meant to do. Right? They're not bad guys. They're just trying to do their job. Isn't that right? Even the doctor, what's her name in the hospital? Uh, Margaret. Margaret. Uh, the administrator. Yeah. yeah. She's, not a, she's not a bad person. She wants Tara to be a good doctor and not associate with murderers right right so it's like again we paint a lot of these characters as bad people when they're not they're just trying to do the best where the bad people are the ones we're rooting for but again that's the whole so tara's with him she now knows that this is deeper i mean if i was her i would have been like sure what do you need me to do give me the wit sack give me this get me out of here you know but i think also what sarah said before is really important She's never going to be a doctor again. Right. It's She's over. done. She's done. So if you're never going to be a doctor again, if you know your life is over, maybe, maybe, I don't know. I, I feel like you would want to protect your kids and all that and get away from it all. But I think she's just confused and in a, and in a weird place at this point, that character, which I can only imagine how Maggie's playing that because there's so much going on there right um so now we go to boys are back at the pier and they find out that juice is back um i gotta tell you watching this because i didn't know this it kind of bothered me that chibs turned on juice like that right that that was a big i didn't understand when that happened like how did he get so angry about it I don't know. Does um, anybody know? I mean, they they were he was like supportive of him for like at least a year and a half. And I was like, wait a minute, you knew all his secrets, you were there for him, and then all of a sudden you just went all wants him dead. Right. <laughs> right. Or like, just, why? Where know, did that switch come from? I don't know. That made no sense to me. Especially yeah. since you helped with the clay thing. Um, right. I think that's what Jack's for Jack's to have been your raw rock was kind of like what. I don't know that that seemed a little off to me as well. What do you all think? I of thought the, I missed something Fee, like start with Fee. What do you all think of the Chibs and, and, and juice relationship? Well, there's the weird part with the, I love yous with mm. them. So it like started with Chibs saying it and juice would say it back. And then at some point it changed to be like, well, it was in this part. He said like, juice said, I love you. And he's like, I know. And then towards more of the end, it was like, juice would say, I love you. And Chibs said nothing. It completely changed 180. Yeah. I, I mean, there was always this mass confusion of who he was coming up under, 
who, you know, who Juice was, you know, a prospect under. Because in an earlier episode in the hospital, after that prison chank, the juice bait thing, it was kind of referenced that it was Jack's. But then people had said it was Chibs, and that's why he felt a sense of responsibility for him. Mm. No one really ever gave a clear answer on that. I don't know if it's in one of the comics or the books or, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, written thing. Um, And I think that I was even confused by that. But I think as we got to this moment, I was being told it was Chibs. Mm -hmm. But yet there was that thing in season three or two, whatever it was, that it was Jax. Because then it would make more sense why he felt so betrayed by what had come up. Because then you feel that responsibility, right? It's like inviting a friend to a party and then they steal shit. You're like, oh, I don't know what I did here, right? So it's like, Mm -hmm. not saying that that happened with one of my friends. I'm just saying that, you know. So (laughs) So I think that that was maybe. But to see that quick turnaround like that was really interesting. And Jack, to see Jack's defended is even more interesting. Um, Right. So he says we should give him a a chance and prove himself. This is where Jax kind of dismisses Tig again. And now Tig's going to take out his anger, which we kind of just discussed Mm -hmm. with Kim, right? So we don't need to revisit that. And he takes out his full anger on this guy. And and, uh, I know that actor from somewhere too. I just can't remember. I might've worked on him. But I know know that dude from somewhere. I got to look him up. Um, But he, he takes it out on him. And now we meet this new character. Do we get her name at Boroski's? The new Colette. The, Colette. Yeah. Thank you. So we're going to bring in another character. And I'm going to have a lot to say in a minute about why I think this is a problem. But they agree. They all agree to partner. And again, we see the kid. We're bringing back this kid. We're going to mm-hmm. keep seeing him. But now Jack sees him. Right. And that to me is, again, just like the woman, you know, the the homeless woman. I just heard someone say that uh, they're trying to, someone someone wrote the other day, hopefully maybe it was someone on here. Someone said that Kurt said the homeless woman was Jesus Christ and that, that he said it in an interview and that they were going to show the interview. They're going to try to find it. Okay. It wasn't me. I don't know. <laughs> I never heard of that. I thought Angel of Death. I thought it was more like that, but then they said Opie and Clay never saw the homeless woman. I I, actually heard Kurt say on an interview that he never, he wanted the fans to her to be what individually, what each fan she meant to each fan. I heard that. I heard him say that on an interview once. Long what did you, time what ago. Did, it's okay. So go. What? Do you, what? I I just said what I thought she was. I thought she was the angel of death, which means I thought that when you saw her, you would die. But someone disproves that by saying Opie and Clay never saw her. So then, then, then you're that that kind of theory goes out the window, right? So starting Lemansky, you're there. What? What? What do you think she was? I have no idea, Theo. <laughs> no idea, right? Does anybody have a theory of what, Jess? Do you know what she was? I thought she was the angel of death too, but yeah, yeah. I'm confused. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I agree, angel of death. I don't think that everybody had to see her. I don't think everybody did see her who died. There's plenty of people who died, but I think that she was kind of some omin- ominous 
figure. Yeah. Um, Spectre oh, it wasn't Clay. Piney didn't see her. Sorry, I want to correct that. Obi right. and Piney didn't see her. Right. I so I don't. Know. Right. So I. I don't think that. I think that she was just like some kind of specter that was present, or whatever that means, uh, whether it's uh, angel of death or whatever. But I don't think that you had to see her. I don't think only. I quite frankly, I really think that the only person who really saw her was Jax. I don't know if everybody else saw her. No, I think Gemma addresses huh? her at Gemma one did. point, right? Gemma she did. Yeah. Texas, the whole thing where it said able to feed my kids, but Gemma heard it is something about able. Oh, right, able. Oh, right, right, right. And she missed. Okay. Her. And then and then and again, to totally sidetrack here on the homeless woman, I think because you can kind of almost do a whole episode about her was I think that also someone said that she might have been the mom of someone that died, like a kid mm. or something that died again. That's Wasn't she the, there's something in the next season about her, I think, if I'm remembering right. That's why it's so confusing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really interesting. And again, to see that being weaved in. Now, listen, I the again, I watched TV shows in the past. There's shows like Lost that I watched that nothing made sense. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, right. what, what is this? And nothing tied right. together. And I watched the whole right. show and I was like, wait, the polar bear doesn't mean anything. And it was right. like stuff like that. But so I don't know if there was a deeper meaning. But for me, I try to find significance in it. And I think that with this kid there's significance in what we're about to talk about at the end with what this is, because again, there's little things that happen here, right? Which we're going to bring up in a minute where with Gemma giving Nero's kid, the gun, right? The water gun and, you know, gun mm-hmm. violence. And remember, this was also a time where a lot of people were speaking out about the violence on TV, which they should, right? That's your opinion, right? That's what people think. And mm-hmm. that was being talked about at a high level at this moment. And Kurt's way to answer it was this, right? Okay. So, okay, we meet Colette. Uh, we, we Jack sees the kid. Unser and Gemma, um, again, the Uncle Touchy line comes back. <laughs> and the lawyer shows up. Again, Gemma is all about the threats, right? Like, she's just throwing threats. They always. Mm-hmm. always. Always. Right? You know, remember who you work for. And I guess what she means by that is, Gemma had also hired her, correct? I think she meant that she should be more loyal to the club and not Tara. And she, oh. yeah, we yeah. we pay, we write your check, not Tara writes your check. So, uh, yeah. you know, and because she was saying, oh, the, I'm worried about the innocent, the more innocent right now. And, and she took that as you're worried about Tara more than the club. But, you know. And you we, think that's also, I mean, do we also think that, Gemma just dislikes Tara. Um, I think that Gemma, I think Gemma sees a lot of Tara in her and it's just, she has such a, a strong love or whatever you call it for her, for Jax and the boys, sorry. Um, and the grandkids it's, that's her position. Like, and her, she just wants to protect, always wants to protect her position. If Tara's, agreeing with her they she shows her all the love in the world like there's like she gets very there's plenty of times where Tara and Gemma got along and they actually bonded but but, but as and soon we as can she all feels discuss this we can all say <laughs> the big a big defense of Gemma always over the years was she's just trying to protect her family right but that right that was always her her thing and and that was always her bottom line but 
She she's is a in the real world. She's the, she's she's the craziest, the craziest mother-in-law right. in the history of mother-in-law. Mother a sociopath. She's she a sociopath and a narcissist. She is. I, so yeah. at this point, here she is. She's threatening every anybody, right? Anybody mm. that comes in her realm is getting threatened, right? Right. So, okay. So then we go, you know, to, but Unser also says another thing um, in that that's really interesting because it goes to that backstory, which is why I always wanted that prequel where he's like, I know you better than anyone, right? They, right. They, they obviously have this really deep relationship. Another history. Mm-hmm. Another history, right? Mm-hmm. He knew her from when she was 18 and then she came back mm-hmm. to his motorcycle club and all love this to stuff. Know that, that story. Yeah, I would love to know that story. That would be so cool to know. And also to, like I always say, to see them when they're young. So. Tig's rolling that body. This is when he does the singing. We just talk about it. I did say that in that moment, Tig's trying to find himself, right? He's trying to find out who he is. We're going to get back to, are we going to see the old Tig from season one, that one that everybody, whatever, but are we going to see a new version of it, right? Um, And now we go to Clay in prison. Now we're going to kick in that montage song. Um, He was about to head into Gen Pop and he's like, I ain't doing that. Oh, no. Yeah. No, nope. not doing it. Not doing I'm not going to last long. Nope, nope. We know Clay is the ultimate survivalist. So he's like, nope, give me that card. Get me out of here. False bravado before. I'm not going in there. Um, yeah. So Jax is checking out the new business. This is something Jax does that kind of bothers me is every time things get complicated in his marriage, he escapes into someone else. Correct. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right? So awful. There, I so mean, everybody's awful. shaking their head. Yes. This is what so he does. Awful. I never so. understood why every woman in the world loved Jax. <laughs> Jax was horrible. Well, he's handsome. He's handsome. Yeah. yeah, so yeah that's it. He I'm was sorry. horrible. <laughs> That's right there. He's a horrible person. Trust me, if he looked like a foot, we would all be like, this monster, (laughs) how dare dare you? But he does not look like that. (laughs) I never got it. I never got it. Those looks, his looks go a long way. I'm sorry. Absolutely. I loved loved my juicy pants. Thank you. But no. no, the looks got got him away with a lot of stuff. And here he is again. You see it coming from a mile away. You're like, oh, he's going to he's going to hook up with her for and real. Then where they really, you know, and again, we'll get to it. Lowen calls and tells him Jax doesn't want you there. She wants to do it alone. And it's like, oh, now he's definitely sleeping with her. Right. Like it's all you had to do. <laughs> within, it's, within hours, within, within hours, hours, one, one donut, just one donut. That's donut, it. It's a, and a phone call. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And yeah, again, that was awful. How many things do we have to see over the years <laughs> that this guy does, but yet gets a pass? Gets a pass <laughs> consistently. And again, but but it's true. But honest to God, that's real life, though. I'm not even gonna lie. I, you know how many people I know who are dating guys or with guys for years, years, and they put them through crap upon crap upon crap, and they still with them. This no, no, is, no. That's I'm not real. Saying, I'm not talking about Tara and the relationship. I'm talking about oh. the entire fan base. Oh, like when, okay. when we were doing the show and these things were airing, people hated Juice because he was in conflict with Jax. They hated oh. Tara because they were in conflict with Jax. It was like he oh. could do no wrong. And I'd be sitting there at these <laughs> Comic Cons or on these panels and I'd be like, 
don't you see what he does? <laughs> His character, and and people be like, <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> but no one, no one ever at that time they were so invested in him being like the, for lack of a better word, the Christ figure of the SOA. Like he's the one who could do no wrong, the savior, the Messiah. <laughs> that they were like, nope, nope. If you're against him, you're gone. Anybody, <laughs> him, you you need to go. And it was mm. because this is another point where we see like, man, this guy just constantly, <laughs> you know, spitting, you know, punching, doing, you know, doing all these horrible things, killing yeah. everybody, not right. the greatest father. I mean, right. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much you write in your journals. If you're not spending time with your kids. And you're it's not, a horrible father. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. For a okay. guy obsessed with loyalty, is not particularly loyal. Yeah, and, not and loyal. just the hypocrisy of what he does and how he manipulates people and how he cer- he certainly becomes the very thing that he says he's not going to become and seems to have just no. And just push Bobby out, who literally was the one who's saying, "Like, right, come on, bud, like, don't don't go down this road." And yeah. it's crazy. Okay, yeah. so Jack, this is when Chib shows up at TM. Fee was just speaking about this. He beats down Juice. Um, uh, I didn't realize Gemma was watching that, but Tig said something to me uh, before on the phone when we were talking yesterday that was really interesting. I never thought about it, and I surely didn't think about it when I was doing it. This entire scene mimics the Opie Tig scene when Opie was beating Tig uh, for finding out about Don. I didn't know. Gotta work it out. You got to work, work it, out. it out. And at the end, he's putting him back together. You know, I yep. just need to do this. We've worked out our differences. We're cool now. He says, I need to get right with this. And Juice has to take it. But in the same way, Tig kept coming back to being beat up by Opie. Juice kept getting up till he can't get up anymore to let Chibs do what he needed to do. So that theme came back. And it, and it wasn't until Kim pointed that out yesterday. and went, oh. Wow, that was interesting. That's an interesting uh, thing to to see that thing. So now, why was Jack, Gemma watching though? I think again, this is another little crumb to Juice and Gemma. Like this is again her maybe way of seeing like this guy is beaten down, oh. and I can potentially now, but also and also Gemma witnessing club business like she always does right she's so invested in this and again i think one of my favorite lines ever said on this show and it's weird that it was said from juice is way down the road when he says gem is the one behind every little secret behind every little thing behind it she knows everything she's behind everything and her the gatekeeper the gatekeeper her peeping in on this just shows that right so then uh jack stays does what he always does right um Mm -hmm. That whatever Nero and Gemma uh, with the son, she gives him a gun. Nero kind of you can tell isn't happy with that, right? Mm. Which is mm. like, oh great, a gun, right? Great, right? Um, we find out Turek's a junkie, right? We feel like you yeah. know we find out that he's got this thing that he's doing that he's you know doing, and there's the church music starts playing, which again I didn't. I thought it was, it was like monks chanting. Well, yeah. Yeah. Monks chanting. The church music is playing and God, Donald was so good in that scene, right. Of doing what he was mm-hmm. doing the movement. If you guys have ever seen uh, apocalypse now, it's kind of what Martin Sheen, you know, when he's going down that crazy scene, if you, if you don't <laughs> see it, it's a fantastic movie, but he's kind of doing that where he's looking at himself in the mirror and yeah. 
So this is what I said. The church music starts playing, and I wrote that Kurt really loves to push the boundaries, right? Because he's going to somehow bring in – it's not just a kid who's about to do something horrific. It's a Catholic school. It's yeah. church bells, right? It's like, yeah. let's see how many buttons we could push here at this moment, right? right? So Tig has this cool motorcycle shot, which we started doing in a later season where the camera's on the bike, right, as he's riding it you know, pushes up at him and Mm -hmm. the kid walks by as those church bells are playing. And now we start to realize something's going to go down as an audience member. Mm -hmm. The kid folds the jacket. We realize that as he rolls up his sleeves, that he's a cutter, that he's cutting himself. Right. So, Mm -hmm. okay. First, first thing's going up. First antenna goes up. I don't know how they shot that scene, but that book with the wind and the pages blowing and the art right. Right. is fucking crazy to see in that, you know, the dark drawings, the dark drawings, the, you know, all the stuff that we've, you know, come to sadly hear that, that is familiar in these situations. And to see the pages blow like that is so incredibly artistic and yet dark and maddening. Right. The, the, again, the cutting, the, all these things that as someone who's a parent, you, you go, man, these signs that you would see, right. Um, like when I was young, I remember this when I was young, there was all these crazy kids, you know, around the neighborhood. And, you know, I've always been like this crazy protector of like animals and, you know, whatever, and all this. And I remember you'd hear these stories of like these kids who would like torture cats and like do all this horrible stuff. Right. And you got to think like, that's a sociopath. right? Like if you're a kid and you're doing this awful thing to an animal, like next step up, if that's high school, Right. The master's degree is it might be a human being, right? <laughs> and how would the, how does the parent not know that or not pay attention to that or maybe not see that behavior, the right? Signs. The signs of that, right? And then it's funny because I, I you know, I, I, and I've, I've told this story before, but, you know, I had a cousin who, who OD'd on, on heroin. And a lot of times I've, I finally have had these talks with like my aunt and stuff. And I'm like, how did you not like see, but again, even with things you see, there's just so much someone can do. So I don't, I it's, I'm in this weird place of like, man, the parents should kind of see what's going on. But also the world's moving so fast that a lot of times, and Sarah, you know this, what you see at your job and a lot, a lot of times people don't see what's going on, right? That, and, then, and then something like this happens with a kid because it's not just a TV show. This is real life, right? Right. This is such a heavy thing that we, again, I have kids in school, right? It's wild to think that. And and you you would think that everybody would know how to stop these things at this point or to, to whatever this kind of behavior, but it's just not the case. And I think that when we see this notebook, when we see the scars on his arm, when we see this, you go, oh, my God, maybe this could have been avoided if there was a parent who was paying attention. But that's just not the case. That's just not the way life works. So. This is, um, again, we focus on the writings and then we hear the shooting. We don't see it. We hear it, which is almost 
kind of worse in a way, right? Because now our imagination has to run wild. Um, What do you think? I'd love to hear from everybody. What was the point of him doing this? Because it doesn't have to do with the sons. What's the point? Sarah, start. You know, um, I mean, one of the things that you got from it, because you could tell it was horrific from the reactions of the EMTs that are sitting outside. And you see them just absolutely devastated by what happened. And it almost feels like this is this this is bigger than the Suns. The Suns are contributing to this bigger problem. And they're so inner focused that they miss what their weapons do to other people. The number of people that have been killed or harmed by the guns that they put out on the street. And they spend all their time infighting and worried about money and trying to, you know, who's in charge and power struggle when ultimately what they're doing is throwing weapons out into the world. And these guys really are the villains. And I believe we come to find out that it was their weapon that they accidentally put in this kid's hands who then went on to commit this act. And it, it just, for me, broadens their world. Like, yes, what you're doing has real world consequences and it's not in your immediate circle. And you all need to wake up and, and think about how you're, what you're doing here. Yeah. Every action has a reaction. Right. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that's such a great point. Right. Cause it's like, I, and I did, I just remembered that that gun did come from the sons. I mean, Rosie, what's, what's the point of him doing this? Why, why put this in that episode? Uh, the I guess the li- the link being the you know that you guys were uh, that the gang was gun gun runners and what was happening in society and what still continues to happen in society that's a logical bridge to if you're going to get involved in some type of uh, uh, political call, um, statement in in your show I think that makes sense but and I think that the way he did it um, he how he wove the kid into the storylines by having him appear was uh, the way Kurt um, does things. I think the structure was very Sons of Anarchy and very uh, uh, creative in, in its ways. Kind of reminded me of the Pearl Jam um, yeah, video. Uh, uh, um, Jeremy. Jeremy spoke. Yeah. Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, so that, that kind of uh, uh, usage of the, of the boy and weaving him through all of these, you know, uh, stories that's going on. I, I I mean I'm a big proponent of you know of I, I hate guns I I'm not one of those people I never want to touch one somebody did something on Twitter within the group that said one of the things that you've ever done or something and got, held a gun or shot a gun was one of those things I've never done and never want to do mm. um, I like my violence only on TV shows yeah. so I, I I think that when you can still be in a frame of mind where you know the difference between real life and a TV show, you're, you know, you're not um, contributing to that, to the problem. You know, you, we, we've had, you know, years and years of shows where guns was prominent. Um, And I don't feel that the first, first cause of this problem is what is on TV. I feel like the first, because not everybody, not everybody watched Sons of Anarchy. I mean, right. it was a great show and everybody was, you know, I, I yeah. watched it and everything, but I know plenty of people who never saw it. So they never saw that episode and would have no idea what I'm talking about. But have they saw other shows that, you know, had gun violence? It's, you know, to show it in a way that's horrific and the way it, the way Kurt did it for, for those who are viewing it, um, it just made me even more realize, you know, I'm not 
a gun person. I'm not, yeah. you know, this is something that's terrible and I, you know, it, we should do more. And if you took it as a flip side of like, oh, you're creating more violence and your show is so violent and this, that, I don't, I don't see that. Like, I can't, I can't speak right. to that. I, I can right. only speak to, he showed it in a way, a problem in this society that's real. He showed it in a way that is a discussion point and we should be discussing it and so doing on, on that point. Fee, do you think it was for shock value? Fee? Mm, I'm not sure. I think it, the way it was done was, but it was almost like showing that not everything was about the sons, that the real world still existed outside of them. Mm-hmm. And that, and that, and that they contribute in yeah. some way or another to this horrific nature. Lemansky, yeah. do you think that, do you think he knew when he did this, he was going to get a strong reaction and that potentially he wanted that. Right. Cause it, oh, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Remember, I mean, we're talking about Gemma, you know, the stuff with Gemma at season two, we're talking about a lot of things we've done on this show or that we did on the show where a lot of them were really horrific stuff, right. The burning of the back and stuff that we're going to get people to talk about. Right. Obviously, you know, the stuff with juice later on and, and, and and a lot of stuff that we did was a lot of shock value stuff. To me, this was definitely one of those ones where it's like, I'm going to push some buttons, right? Lamance, mm-hmm. you think that? Absolutely. And I mean, I just, I don't think I can really add to what like Rosie said. I agree with her and Sarah, you know, the sons realizing at that moment when this happens, Hey guys, this isn't all about you. This is, you know, it's the trickle down effect, you know, because of what they're doing. That's how the gun got out. And I want to, at some point, I want to ask you a question, Theo, about the, the title of this episode. Yeah, uh, yeah, Kim and I discussed it briefly because I'm terrible with it, but we'll get into that. I mean, just Australia is really different, right? I mean, with with gun violence and kind of all that stuff that you you all see in the states and 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 everything you know what's going on. Do you think that does this episode resonate in a way like maybe the way it resonated here? Does it and fee probably for you too? Does it resonate everywhere? Like with everyone does everybody get that or is it more localized to what goes down here in a way jess i think i mean i think there's a lot more gun a lot more gun violence in america that you see rather than australia um but yeah i think I mean, you hear about it all the time, and I think it was, I think it needed to kind of be said. Um, yeah. What do you reckon, Faye? Well, I, I I mean, that's the, what is it? Uh, Nina Simone said an artist's job is to reflect the times. I think yeah. that, I think that what Kurt was doing, especially at that point, was to reflect it through art, because whether we believe it or not, a lot of our behaviors and everything are shaped by art, not necessarily by the news, right? Some people ingest art different than they do. Sometimes news just feels like talking heads and you can see things a million times ago. Oh, there it is again, right? But when you see it done through a film or a TV show, you go, 
it just hits you different, right? You ingest it different and you maybe think about it different. So while I think it was for, there was a part of shock value, I think that it's, it's necessary for people to do things like that. And I said this in the beginning, I don't know if it would play in today's world. I don't know. I don't know. We're in, we're in a very different time, right? I think there would be a lot more debate about people, you know, guns and this and that, and you know, what, what, you know, what people think or what people feel, you know, we're, we're in a bit of a precarious position, uh, position as an artist, because I, I've, I've just had this discussion with a bunch of people. I've killed more people on screen. I've been killed more on screen. You know, I'm obviously most of the stuff I do is with guns, right? So for me to have any opinion on guns, I immediately get piled on, right? Because they're like, well, then don't use guns in your movies and don't say anything. And it's like, even if you reference, like there should be any type of gun control because people have, for some reason, have such an incredibly strong opinion about it right? Like in, it's one of those things. There's a few and that's one of them, right? So you're almost like I always say, I don't have opinion. I only have knowledge, right? My only thing with guns. And like I've always said, and I've shot every gun ever, I think made down to 50 cows to, to everything is they're very final. It's very final. And I think that um, that's the thing. There's no coming back. It's final. Okay. And I think that that's just the thing that I always take away when I see stuff like this, that this is final and this has ramifications for a very long time. Um, And I think that what Kurt was doing here was saying like, I'm going to talk about this and that's, that's kudos to him, you know, for doing that. Um, That takes a lot. So as we hit this montage, Jax is watching as she cleans, right? We know what's about to happen. Um, we show the kid's mom, and which I know is coming up. There's kind of like a religious kind of theme in this, in when she's kneeling before him and taking off his shoes. I know, that was I weird. kind of got that Mary Magdalene where she was Jesus' fate. Back to the Christ metaphor for Jax. And again, we end, we end, we end on the Christ metaphor. We know that in season seven, like this, there is a lot of Christ weaved into the long hair of Jax and the the kind of thing, this Christ-like figure. Yeah. But at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) He's not Christ. (laughs) The Antichrist. Yeah. Is it the Christ or the Antichrist? And again, you're so right. What an amazing thing to point out there. The washing of the feet, the, the, yeah. the thing that she's doing in and that even moment. the song itself, coming yeah. out by Leonard Cohen. If he, yeah, because yeah, it's about brokenness. It's about healing and forgiveness. But it's it's kind of like, it sounds like a hymn. And it, yeah. it it's a prayer almost like when you you listen to it such a great thing i didn't even think about that and then we so then we go nero nero and Gemma kissing which you know they they just get into it in every episode now you know uh i mean jimmy jimmy and and katie are getting down in every episode tig with the babies Again, we just talked about Chibs and Juice. Chibs is patching them up, right? We have shades of that, you know, Opie Tig thing, Lila at the bar. Bobby circling the nomads thing that was brought up during the episode. If he can get he, five charters, he can go nomads. He writes Quinn. He writes Quinn. Yeah. On the, on the map yeah. as well. 
So he's trying to get these nomads together because he says to him earlier in the episode, do you miss doing it? Right. And he says every day or whatever. Mm -hmm. Turek is doing his thing. And then, you know, Tara, this is a significant moment, right? When Tara gets up and starts whooping some ass. With a bionic arm. Yeah, the bionic (laughs) arm that I've talked about. This arm that never breaks. It's almost like a... I don't know. You guys probably don't. I watch all these uh, kids movies with my kids, but there was a movie rookie of the year where the kid broke his oh, arm yeah. and became like the best pitcher. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Tommy John surgery. <laughs> yeah, Tommy yeah, John. yeah. He busts his elbow. gets Tommy yeah. John surgery. And now he's on the Chicago Cubs. Which yeah. Is that's the kid from American. Pie. My team too. Thomas Sarah. And, Nichols. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like Tara's arm healed like Iron Man. She literally <laughs> can beat people down, yeah. but she goes nuts on that. Um, Jack's Mm -hmm. doing his jacks. Now, there is something, there is a theme, and again, it's in the song. Apparently, this entire episode is about healing. We heard Mm -hmm. we hear the word healing a lot throughout the episode. Um, it seems to be a theme. So, yeah, man, it's a it's a great listen. I have said many times, season six finale is my favorite finale ever. I hope that stands true now that I actually we're getting towards it soon. Um I know season six is extremely significant. I have enough problems with season seven when we get there, but this, <laughs> this is uh this is definitely a moment season six. So I'm really glad that we kicked this off with everyone. Um, I'm so incredibly grateful to y'all for doing this. Um, you know, thank God we got rid of Tig's ass early because who knows what would have happened. Um, and, and listen, I think that, The beauty of all this, if we take away anything, is the fact that people can just sit around like in the book club thing we talked about and break down something and talk about something and hear about something and learn something. And whether it be seven years old, seven years old or seven minutes old, it's the fact that it's people using their minds and brains and being (laughs) and having a conversation and also not, again, we're not we're talking about things that are heavy. We're talking about art, which is subjective. Everybody has a different opinion. We're talking about things that people have strong opinions on, whether it be the the subject matter or even the show in general, people have such strong opinions about shows they love and characters they love. And it's very hard to deter them. I think that what I've come to find out that I love so much about doing this is that you just learn things and you're just having conversations and hearing things. So especially to do it from people all over the world and from all different walks of life. And to have this kind of thing is uh, it's incredible. So I thank you guys so much for doing this. I think we did. All right. What do we, how do we do? What do we think? I think we did great. I thought it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. I think we did. It's fun. Yeah. And, (laughs) and, and you know what? And it is a big episode. Justin has been sleeping for 45 minutes. We haven't even seen him. He's been sleeping for I'm me. Let, letting, it, letting it go. Everybody's been been great. I was just here as a referee. You were here as a referee. And, you, and, and the person you needed anything. to referee is gone. Tig is yeah, gone. so we're good. <laughs> so we're good. That's right. And he's got the Sam Fam sweatshirt on. I don't have that sweatshirt. I love that everybody has stuff. You can borrow it. Well, listen, I appreciate you all, and I'm so glad. And if anybody wants to say anything before we go, go for it. Juno just woke up on the bed next to me. She's ready to go. Aww. We're going to go. We're going to get Juno. Juno's right here. She's right next to me. Come here, Juno. Come here. She's like, 
She's not gonna come. She is gonna come. Mommy needs to come. Come on. She just woke up. She's ready to go. Um, so well, I'm glad Juno made the show. There we go. Yes. Um, that was awesome. Yeah, let me go take out my second wife before she gets mad at me because that's how she is. Um, right. I appreciate you all. And like Kim and I say, I love you all. Um, thank you for doing this. And uh, that's thank it. You. Theory fam, Reaper crew. Thanks for having us. Thank, thank you. Thank you, thank you, Theo. Thank you, Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. You know the deal. Theory pod, hashtag theory pod, capital T-H-E-O, small R-Y, capital P-O-D. If we're talking Reaper reviews, it's the hashtag Reaper reviews with the double R. Go everywhere where the where this podcast is available and go subscribe and follow Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeart, wherever. And uh, and then if you want to see the videos, go on to YouTube and subscribe to the page. We got some cool stuff coming. Um, like I always say, this life goes by in a blink. So stay up, stay awake, keep being the example. Um, and let's keep making a difference. All right. All right. Hey, yo, shout out to my crew, the theory team, the team. Okay. Starting with my incredible editor, Caroline Kawash, to the incredible design skills of Cesar Arvello, to the other designer slash web slash everything, Justin Tordella. Go look them up. Go follow them. Go thank them. They're an incredible team, and I wouldn't be even remotely able to do a second of this without them. So shout out to the entire Theory team, uh, or as we say in New York, big up. Um, incredible people, incredible humans, and I'm fortunate and proud to have them.